Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Well, my name is Sean Wadiemi. Most people know me as Sean, but I prefer Sean, if you can pronounce that. Couples, I think, probably need some counseling, maybe individually or together. Counseling doesn't mean you're you're a mess. See a peak of everything about you financially, from how much you're making to where your money's going. There is such a pushback. So they didn't even hide behind a bad thing, necessarily. They hid behind something God made. And we've got people doing that today, too. And you are also, shall I say, joining your money, combining your money, so one person cannot just go out to buy whatever they want because obviously it affects the other. Money is a little bit like the Internet in that it's, it's, it's very accessible. It's pretty quick. You can spend money real fast. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to the Dollar Savvy Podcast. And here's your host, Sean Adeyemi, President and Senior Financial Planner at SA Capital Advisors. Welcome to the Dollar Savvy Show. Thank you for joining us once again. I am your host, Sean Adeyemi. Over the next two episodes, you're going to be listening to an interview I had with Gary Sinclair. Gary's a coach, speaker, and author of the book, Never Quit Climbing. His passion is inspiring those facing life's toughest challenges and problems. He joins us on the show to tackle the subject of how to build trust, foster transparency, and accountability in marriage. We discuss the topic of idols, finding our true identity, learning to recognize our strengths and weaknesses, and knowing when to seek for help. To foster trust and transparency, we need to understand the different sides of grace. Listen in, and I hope this conversation blesses you. This is The Dollar Savvy Show. Thank you very much for doing this, Gary. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Definitely appreciate it. Welcome to The Dollar Savvy Show. Uh, this is a money and marriage series, mm-hmm. and as a pastor... Uh, just for our audience, can you tell our audience a little bit about yourself, uh, just so we can get to know you a bit more? Yeah, you bet. Um, I have been married for almost 43 years. Uh, we met as teachers in a Christian uh, school and then uh, went into full, well, that was full-time ministry, but full-time pastoring, and did that for almost uh, 30 years currently. We're uh, spending a lot of our time helping uh, pastors or other people in ministry who are struggling. You know, where do they go and who do they talk to? And so we've been uh, working uh, with an organization to do that. Wow, that's awesome. So where where are you based out of now? We live near uh, Indianapolis. We're just outside of Indianapolis, Indiana. Okay, that's that's awesome. Yeah, we do a lot from here and uh, do some traveling, do some speaking. Was In fact, just got in late last night, uh, did a church weekend with their leadership team. and So we can do a lot from here in the Midwest. Okay. When we, 
When we started chatting, one of the things that struck me as well was um, you've been in ministry for a while. Um, looks like you also have a coaching program. Um, do you want to talk about that just for a few minutes? A, a little bit, yeah. That's that's um, been something I'm I've fi- f- formalized a bit more in these later years. Since you know, when I was in the ministry all the time, it was a little hard to to do that as rigorously as I would like. But yeah, now I'm. I do some individual or uh, church co- coaching. Uh, I've gone into some uh, uh, businesses as well. Uh, I, I have this new book called Never Quit Climbing, which is uh, about overcoming personal uh, struggles and personal mountains, as, right. as we like to call them. So that's another kind of arena that I've been doing some speaking and writing in. and um, So kind of doing three or four things at retirement age, but not retiring. Well, I when I look at scriptures, I don't believe uh, the Bible calls us to <laughs> That's retire right. and no. just go sailing and 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 sit back on a beach. I believe nope. the Bible calls us to active ministry to serve. Well, I uh, so agree. Retirement. And I think we have all this expertise and ability and in many cases, time and resources. And so that's what we want to do, particularly with ministries. We want to share those, including my wife. She's a big part of what we're doing. Well, that's that's really great. And I'm so glad that you, you're giving back to uh, the church, to the ministry. Uh, we need more you people bet. like you, and uh, we definitely appreciate you. Thanks. Uh, this this series, this episode here, where we some of the things you and I discussed that we really want to try and tackle is the issue of uh, transparency and um, fostering accountability. I was, you mentioned you wrote a book on, um, well, it's not, it looks like it's still, it's not quite out yet, but um, you shared some stuff with me that I thought was really good. And so we wanna tackle that today on ways to build trust and foster transparency and accountability in your marriage. Uh, Mm -hmm. The issue of money, uh, when we look at the statistics, uh, three main reasons that people get divorced. The first one is um, sexual uh, sexual problems in the marriage. Um, mm-hmm. The second big problem is money. Yep. And uh, the third one is um, from based on statistics is just interference of in laws and uh, external influences. But right. let's tackle the big one, the second one here, which is money. Uh, right. I find that it's we are in marriage we're easy to open up with other things whether that's sexually whether that's family whether that's other things but when the issue of money comes up uh, so many couples climb up right uh or there's so much disagreement and there's so much fights yep uh, why do you think that is gary uh, a couple things i think one is is has been the modeling that they have had you know many come out of homes where you know mom and dad had their own little you know, slush fund. They didn't call it that, but you know, you know, I earned this money. This is my money. Or, or they weren't careful about how they spent their money. They didn't, you know, you know, have a budget. They didn't um, make decisions together, and um, so they they don't know any other way to do it. And um, so I think that's part of it. I think another part is that people use money to dull pain. So, you know, I've I've counseled for a long, long time with couples and. I'll, I'll notice that this guy has gone through, the, the couple's gone through really hard times, and one of the things the guy goes off to go, does is he goes out and buys a truck. 
Um, they can't afford it, um, but he, you know, it makes him feel good. It makes him feel tough or whatever. And, and so they've never learned, you know, how do we deal with conflict? How do we deal with our struggles and not just go out and, and dull pain uh, through uh, using their money? Um, the third thing is I, I, I have a book I wrote called Turn Up or Turn Around Your Marriage. And in there, there's a chapter called It's Got to Be less about me and more about we. Um, and it, it doesn't mean you lose yourself, but um, that it, part of this has to do with money. We had a little rule that said, you know, neither of us spends more than, I think it was $20 or whatever, without telling the other person. Uh, now, unless we've agreed upon it ahead of time, like maybe it's food. Well, so my wife always gets the food money, and I trust her and that kind of thing. But, you know, we don't mm-hmm. go out and buy a television set on the way home because we just thought we needed a new one. We, we say, wait a minute, is that a decision? Is that something we want to do? Now, maybe one of us is the person to go buy the TV. We know about TVs, but we, we talk about it. And, and that really helped us early on was to say that's the, that's the principle we're going to live by. And uh, we try to do it most of the time. Well, in your situation here, there's uh, one thing that's obvious, at least, is that there's some communication going on. You and bet. You, and you are also, shall I say, joining your money, combining your money, so one person cannot just go out to exactly. buy whatever they want because obviously it affects the other. But right. if we start from a situation where a couple have completely separate independent lives financially... Uh, how do we begin to get couples to understand that right. living separate lives financially uh, is actually detrimental to you? Well, I, I think a couple of things happen. One is that there's that element of distrust that when someone goes and buys a truck or maybe it's just a television set or, or even other little things, it starts to add up and you go, do you not trust me to tell me that? Or... You know, what else aren't you telling me? Uh, you know, we never saw that as you're not good enough or you're not smart enough or, um, you know, any of that. It was merely, it, it came out of respect that you're a part, we're a team on this, that our money, right. it, we're, we, we both look at it, we, we both can give our opinions. And so, yeah, it's it belongs to both of us. Neither of us had has ever had our own our own money. Now there's times when my wife had a preschool for example in our home. So we had some separate accounts for that money so we could keep track of it, but I still knew about it. I I still was mm-hmm. aware of what was going into that or if I speak somewhere she she knows how much money I got and we put it into account. In fact, we we have this little joke that it's kind of hard for us to surprise each other you know, with a gift because all of our accounts are connected. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I I can't even use the credit card without 30 minutes later or less, all of a sudden it shows up on my wife's computer that I was, you know, bought, you know, candy or a gift or whatever and she'll go, what was that? So I have to kind of be a little sneaky and so does she, but um, that's that's a good thing. We, because we both know what the other person is doing and we respect that. And, and every one of us has, has wisdom. You know, I, I worked with a couple once where the, the man was this real estate genius. And when they came to talk to me, the, his wife said, 
he, he makes all these decisions and he, you know, we're, we're going to, they were going to buy a house and he said, well, I'm the real estate expert. You know, you don't, you don't need to know anything about this. I'll just, I'll make the decisions. I'll talk to the people. She, she was so hurt by that. And I said, listen, man, uh, you may be the expert, but she's your wife. She's part of this decision. And what you're saying to her is, no, you don't count in this. And so we've just tried to say we both matter in those kind of things. One of the, one of the things I, I believe also is the issue of selfishness. Yeah. Uh, is, you know, I want to do what I want to do. Yep. Um, yes, I care about you, but this is what I really mm -hmm. want to do. And I think um, my my thought counts more, more yep. or my exactly. needs count more. Yep. Yeah, I, 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 we, we, we live in that kind of culture, you know. It's uh, we're, we're entitled. Uh, I should have this, and and again, I think we run into that problem when when both people are working, and 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 I'm not against that per se, but when both people are working, then it's easy to want to take ownership of that money, or to say, mm -hmm. well, you have this extra job, so that money now belongs to you. No, my thought is, our thought is, that money belongs to our. Uh, this is a little secular of a word. Our corporation. This this belongs to our right. our 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 group here, and our group is the Sinclair family, and we both have a part in this. And it doesn't matter if you don't earn one dime of this; it's still uh, ours together. And God gave it to us both, and um, we we both get to manage it and as well as enjoy it. Which is true. It's. Um I tell people this. Uh, just I mean, your example is is, is 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 bang on because when you look at it, even from a circular standpoint, this is a corporation where both fifty fifty percent shareholders in it, and uh, every every decision you make uh, comes back around to me, and every decision I make should come back around. So now, how do we how how do we move past? the selfishness to say, okay, uh, you need to look beyond yourself. I need to look beyond myself. Uh, why is this such well, a hard thing to do? Yeah, you know um, uh, that, that it's a heart issue. Um, it, it, it really is. And, and actually some couples, I think, probably need some counseling, maybe individually or together. Counseling doesn't mean you're, you're a mess. It could be. But you need somebody to help you sort that out a little bit and say, you know, what is it that's in your past? What, what have you grown up with? What's, mm -hmm. what, what is it that makes it so hard for you to share um, your money? You know, what, what kind of models did you have in your life? And, and maybe to ask a very simple question, how's your current situation working for you? You know, how is this thing where you and your wife have your own money and, you know, you kind of do your own thing and you don't really check in to each, each, you know, each other very often. And then, but all of a sudden there are bills to be paid and there's no money to you know, go around or you don't have anything to cover that with. How's that working? And, and then to say, you know, there's a better way. Uh, <laughs> and the better way hmm. is to work together on this. My wife and I still, we have... A staff meeting uh, every week. Uh, it's not a perfect system, but we we on a regular basis connect and talk about our ministry goals and what we have to do. And but some of that includes finances. You know, what are we going to do with this money? Or if we're going to take a vacation, you know, how are we going to do that? And we we treat it 
like an organization that we are and say this this is important and you know we have these meetings and we talk about the challenges as well as uh, the good things often one of the things that i i, I always see, you mentioned a point that um, couples should probably see counseling it doesn't mean mm-hmm. you're, you're a mess right uh, but i always say that money problems are just a symptom of deeper issues at play yep uh deeper issues of the heart, deeper issues of pride, of selfishness. Uh, we're so easy to share other things, but when it comes to opening our heart, I mean, the Bible talks about where your treasure is, there your heart also will yep. be. Absolutely. Um, and so when it comes to sharing your treasure, which is in this case, your money, mm-hmm. or allowing your spouse uh, to see a peek of everything about you financially from how much you're making to where your money's going uh there is such a pushback yep there is such a disconnect there is such a a an angst that you you don't get the right to tell me what to do and how about how you're spending your money uh, mm-hmm. One of the things I made, one of one of the issues I, I think also is that when people have made a lot of mistakes in the past, there's so much shame there that yep. they feel judged. Uh, but how do we how do we move past that feeling of shame? That listen, we can get past this together. Sure. Yeah. Well, uh, you know the. Uh, as I said earlier, uh, so often things like this, and, and we'll stick with money, are, are painkiller. And I think, so we do have to address the pain um, and, and show that money, particularly spending, inappropriate spending, is, can become an addiction. Well, what do addictions do? Mm-hmm. They dull pain, but only for a while. And then you need more. And then you need more. And so you're right just to deal with the money problem to say well you got to have a budget well that may help but no what what was the what was the tumor as as i like to call it there, there's a right. there's something deep within that needs to be addressed and i think uh, when it's all said and done from a christian perspective for sure it's psalm 42 and it's psalm 63 it says you know as a deer pants for water so our soul longs for you O god well, mm-hmm. you know what that says, and it's Psalm 63, similar thing. Um, it says we have these longings, but they're only fulfilled in God. Well, growing up, however, we have learned or tried to figure out or tried to try to have money or fame or success or a hundred other things, you know, fulfill that longing for us, and. We, when it doesn't work, then we either try another one or we try harder. And the sad thing about money, well, there's always more money to spend. There's always more money to make. And so yeah. the person gets the $50,000 and they want seventy-five, And they get seventy-five and go, well, no, that didn't quite do it. I felt good for a while, so I need a 100 Or if it's spending, it's, well, I had a certain kind of car and that was great for a while. But no, that's not enough. So I really want to have this one. And it just keeps accumulating. And so the issue mm-hmm. is we got to go back to the tumor. The tumor was that you started putting your trust 
in finances or things apart from God. And, you know, we call it sin, and that's what it is. But, but it's getting people to start saying that does not work. The, you know, as a man thinks in his heart, yes, so is he. But that, we, we have to change their thinking. You know, it's a Romans 12, 2 issue, renewing Romans your 12, mind. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and so that counseling process, well, at least when I did it, was to eventually go back a little at a time and say, what are the thoughts that run you when, when you're, you know, when you don't make enough money? Uh, I got a guy right now I'm working with, and and that's exactly how he feels. He, he lost his job, in a in a Christian setting and went into another job and he thought God was going to just give him what he needed right off the bat. Well, they're struggling a little bit. He's doing a lot of the right things, but every week, you know, I feel so ashamed. I'm not making enough money. I'm not making what I thought I was supposed to make. And he's just beating himself up and and our goal has been with God's help to say, "No, man. Your worth is not based on your your income." Um, your pocketbook yeah, you, you need to worry about You need to think about that, but that's not where your worth lies. Tomorrow, if you don't have mm-hmm. any, if you don't have $1 more than you had today, you are still okay in God's eyes. Then you're free now to go out and try some things, and if they don't work, okay, you won't die. But, man, that's, that's a, a long road. That's sometimes a hard thing for people to change. But if they don't bring that to marriage, you get two people who both are struggling with their, their, their worth, and then you try to... <laughs> And yeah, then but then you try to get them to spend money wisely. Uh, they, in fact, they start feeding each other. You know, we call it codependency. But they start feeding each other and say, "Well, okay, let's get that. Yeah, okay, let's get that. Let's go on this trip." And neither of them can say stop because they're both empty. You know, neither mm. of their tanks are full. And and boy, that so then somebody's got to really stop them and say, "Wait a minute, no, no, let, let's let's not use money." to try to dull a pain that you can't dull. I think they, the, the, the one thing you're talking about here, two things actually, is one, idolatry, and yep. then two, is identity. Yeah, there, well, there um, you go. It, yeah. Idolatry, when we, we, we create a God in our own image, mm-hmm. or we, we create a God in our own image who is okay with whatever lifestyle we choose, we want, and we just rubble stamp it with some spiritual whatever you want to put on it and or we the things that we adore and the things uh, that are the most important to us is anything else but god well yeah i think our identity uh, is the problem i mean go back to the garden (laughs) you know um you know they wanted to be like god um, as opposed to be filled with God. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it's the fr- from Genesis chapter 3, the whole problem started where it says, you know, God said, I love this question. I, it's a laughable question, but it's, it's, it's so powerful. When God says to Adam, where are you? And, and his mm-hmm. response is, we were afraid because we were naked, so we hid. And, and, and that's the whole problem. You know, we're, we're fearful that if totally exposed, we will look sinful, we'll have shame, we'll look bad, we won't be good enough. So what do we do? Run to God? No, we hide. And the interesting part is, where do we hide? We hi- Well, they hid behind the bushes. Well, who made the bushes? God did. 
So they didn't even hide behind a bad thing necessarily. They hid behind something mm-hmm. God made. And we've got people doing that today too, where they don't hide behind, you know, some horrible drug addiction. Some do, but some hide behind a church addiction, you know, or a work addiction or a, a busyness addiction, which in and of itself isn't sinful. It's not a bad thing. No, but. but but it's something God, it's a good thing, but they're still hiding behind it. They, they haven't dealt with the, the ultimate core problem. So, yeah, it's, it's really messy. I think Satan knows that, you know, if he can't get us to do a really bad thing, have us do something that's really good for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> you know, I've seen, I've been a, you know, I was a worship leader for a while too, and I'm a musician, and I've seen people worship, worship. Um, you know, <laughs> they're not worshiping God. They're they're coming for the experience, and there's again, that's not wrong per se. Or they're in the church every time the doors open, and they serve, and they're, and everybody thinks they're so wonderful. And but you know what? That has become their new cocaine. It's just more acceptable. And and again, so back to the money problem you know people can have a a lovely home and you look at that and say no that's not bad they're good people and they've 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 earned that money and and yet behind all of that is a little bit more and a little bit more or they worship their Mm -hmm. kids all their kids awards you know or a thousand other things it's 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 funny you should bring this up i think about I'm, i'm i have a musical background as well and um, I used to do, I still, I still um, help with, on the worship team at my local church. But uh, there was a time in my life when I was pursuing music aggressively, probably mm-hmm. like 10, 15 years ago. Yep. And one of the things that, uh, one of the reasons why I stepped back was that as uh, the more, the better I began to do, the more my heart began to, I didn't like where my heart was. Um, mm-hmm. I loved being on stage. I loved singing. Yeah. Uh, I also noticed I loved getting their attention. Mm-hmm. And so I began to, and so through those around me, I began to realize that there was an idol, uh, there was an idol building up in my heart. And, right. I, and, I, and I felt at the time I did it that God wanted me to step back. I remember I was mm-hmm. working on a full length album and, yeah. and I realized God, I felt like the music, the persona, the person I became on stage, uh, became my identity became mm-hmm. who i was right. and so I, I i i saw i saw that and i loved it and it also made me scared that what if god does elevate this music and mm-hmm. even though it was christian music which was a good thing in itself because the music right. i was doing was in all for all intents and purposes was edifying to god mm-hmm. but my heart behind it was wrong and so i had to step back and and when I realized that, I said, you know what, I need to I need to move away from this for a, for a while. Now I don't know if ever God will, if God will ever call me back to to um, do music publicly, except for my local church. Mm-hmm. But I realized God helped me to open my heart to realize it became an idol. Now the reason why that's important is because even though the music was good was a good thing, these are the very things we fill our lives with that are good things but these things become idol these things become a part of our identity and we hide behind it it's right. a mask that we put on and they be, because these things become our identity we're not really able to 
everything else falls out of place. Right. Everything else falls out of place. It's funny you mentioned the the, the Genesis. Uh, uh, God, I mean, when God asked him, I was, I was listening to a sermon on that just this morning by, uh, by R.C. Sproul, and yep. God didn't ask him, "Are you are you wearing clothes?" God asked, <laughs> "Where are you?" Yeah, and they said, "We hid because we were naked." Yep. Well, and and I think that's the fear. Mm-hmm. We, mm-hmm. You know, it, it back. You know, when you go back to marriage and you think about intimacy, for example, intimacy is about exposure, and and when when you're exposed, you don't always see everything that's good. You know, <laughs> we're not we're not perfect in this life, whether it's physically or or emotionally or spiritually, but that it's to, it's designed to draw you together, not to hide. And, and again, I think mm-hmm. that's what a lot of couples do, even with their money, is it's this little place to go hide over here, so I still feel good about um, something in my world. And the, the money is a little bit like the internet, in that it's, it's, it's very accessible. It's pretty quick. You can spend money real fast. Um, so, right. you know, they've, you listen to the commercials for cars these days, you know, they sound so inexpensive, you know, 149 a month. Well, we all know that's probably a lease, probably a long time one doesn't mean a lease is bad, but you can go buy a car this afternoon and have it in your driveway and feel really good and have only spent a, at least initially a little bit of money and wow, you feel pretty good. Wow. I got a new car. I got a different car. Now, that, again, is not sinful by itself, but if it's dulling your pain, it's really accessible. It, it's, again, it's like things on the Internet or, uh, you know, eating. You can go have a hot fudge Sunday this afternoon, probably make you feel good for half hour, <laughs> you know. So, um, it's, but, it's, but again, it's, it's mis- it doesn't hit the tumor at all. It's, all it is is stopping the bleeding for a little bit. I, I I like to I like to stay on the topic of exposure because I yeah. think that here is 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 really is really key uh, because we're not perfect human beings um, yep. just like when Adam and Eve hid from God mm-hmm. they did not want their sin to be discovered exactly when we hide from our spouses when we want to keep things secret when we do not want to be accountable. Many times it's because we do not want to be exposed um, either for the mistakes we've made mm-hmm. or even for the mistakes we are making or the decisions we are taking as, as our lives uh, progress. Right. And so there's that. Uh, I mean, even Jesus said it in John. It said men love the darkness. Right. Right. Uh, yep. We like the darkness. We like and, and we keep that darkness even with our spouse where the marriage is, is the place where we, we should be transparent the most. Marriage mm-hmm. is the place where we need to um, be open with with each other. A husband and wife need to be open. But even in there, sin has become so pervasive mm-hmm. that we hide from the very person that we right. should be the most vulnerable with. The person that we should be the most exposed with, because only in that can we begin to identify the areas where we need help. But we hide right. it. We hide behind the the, the uh, behind sin, behind idols, behind all the things we make our identity. And right. just like you rightly said, uh, I think 
going back to who we are in Christ, um, I believe should be the starting point to exactly. begin to foster transparency. This podcast is sponsored by GM Travels and Tours. Now, if you feel money is tight and the idea of traveling with your family is out of reach, GM Travels and Tours can help. Serving over 100 plus families to date, GM Travels and Tours specializes in making travel affordable for you. With destinations in Canada to the U.S. and international, your next planned trip could be days away. One of the things I like about GM Travels is, assuming you're you're planning to travel next year, sometimes it's hard to figure out where the cash for that will come from. Well, GM Travels has the perfect plan to help you make that vacation possible. Use the dollar savvy code TRAVELDSP. Email GAM Travels and Tours at gmail.com. That's G A M T R A V E L S A N D T O U R S at gmail.com and plan your next family vacation today. GAM Travels and Tours. Travel affordably. So that was part one of my interview with Gary Sinclair. Stay tuned in for the next episode to listen to the rest of our conversation. If you've enjoyed this interview, please rate, subscribe, and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. Thanks for joining us. This is The Dollar Savvy Show. Thank you so much for listening to the Dollar Savvy Podcast. You can find us at sacapital.ca slash podcast. And you can reach us at 1-888-365-8883, extension 377. Or send us an email at podcast at sacapital.ca. You've been listening to the Dollar Savvy Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Adeyemi. Thank you. Mission Media.